0: This is Morning Edition from NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. Let's get into this week's top headlines. The state primary is coming up this Tuesday, September 13th. Races for party nominations are heating up with candidates meeting for debates and political ads flooding our televisions and social media feeds. With me now are NHPR's senior political reporter, Josh Rogers, and Anna Brown, director of research and analysis at Citizens Count, a nonpartisan nonprofit that promotes civic engagement. Thanks to you both for for being here this morning.
1: Good morning.
0: Good morning. Uh, There's a wide open primary among the GOP candidates looking to unseat incumbent Democrat Maggie Hassan in the general election. They met this week to debate. Anna, what were some of the top issues that were discussed?
2: The top issues really mirrored what are the top issues to voters that we see in polls. So first of all, candidates were pushed. What exactly are you going to do to fight inflation? We know we've heard a lot of criticism on Democrats on that, but what is your plan for immediate help? And then also pushing candidates on the abortion issue in particular, You say many of these candidates say this is a state's issue now. Dobbs put this firmly in the states. But what would you do if a a, maybe a 24 week ban like it happened in New Hampshire came up for a vote? How would you vote either way? And that's where we saw a little bit of nuance between the candidates as well, because some of them are really staking out that they are pro-life and they will vote at the national level to restrict abortions, whereas other candidates are saying, nope, we're going to leave it to the states. We're going to give that room.
0: So some real delineation there. I wanted to play a clip of of some of the candidates from from the debates this week to get a a flavor here. You're either with me or you're not with me in the United States Senate. And that's the message that I'll deliver to all the senators and all the congresspersons down in Washington, D.C. I will be the ambassador for the state of New Hampshire.
1: We properly funded things and we put tax cuts in there to drive the economy. I beat Maggie Hassan back in 2015. I'll beat Maggie Hassan again in November this year.
0: So, Anna, what was the, that tone there? What Where, what'd you pick up from that?
2: Well, I think that, uh, that those were both clips from the U.S. Senate debate last yeah. night and we saw that chuck morris is trying to really bring forth that he has a record in new hampshire he'll bring the new hampshire way to washington and then general don Bulduck is saying that he's an outsider he's the opposite of chuck morris and that he's going to go to washington and be a fighter rather than more of you know someone who's necessarily working in the back rooms trying to find these compromises these legislative deals if you will so that and that was largely the tone of last night's debate i would say and the tone of many of these primaries has been the idea of, are we going to go for more moderate, uh, maybe more collaborative Republican candidates? Or are we going to have farther right candidates who are looking to be more combative against Democrats?
0: Retired Army General Don Bolduc has been leading in the polls. And last week, former President Trump seemed to toy with the idea of giving Bolduc his endorsement. And then yesterday, Governor Sununu did give Chuck Morse his endorsement. Tell us more about that, Josh.
1: Well, the governor's endorsement of uh, Chuck Morris is probably a long time coming, and it does make sense given both men's record at the state house, uh, really working together on shared priorities, be it tax cuts, school choice, gun rights, and you know, for Chuck Morris, this this, you know bolsters his central campaign thesis that, as Anna mentioned, he's going to take the approach he's taken in Concord and bring that to Washington, and you know, to be frank, that that message doesn't appear to be enthralling voters given where Chuck Morris has been sitting in the polls a distant second to Don Bolduc, but for undecided voters and you know we don't really know how many independent voters are going to cast ballots in the Republican primary that's really where all the action is There's, there really aren't meaningful uh, Democratic primaries uh you know an endorsement from Sununu might help from for some of those voters but polling doesn't indicate it's going to make a huge difference i mean maybe the Morse campaign can get an ad up with Chris Sununu quickly. Uh, but, you know, Sununu himself has always said endorsements don't matter much in New Hampshire. And, you know, but this is definitely likely better for Morse than not getting the endorsement from Sununu. I mean, the Trump endorsement might have a bigger effect on this race. Obviously, he sort of uh, toyed with uh, with endorsing Bulldog. That doesn't appear to be coming, but who knows, with, with former president.
0: And you can can you talk a little bit more about the more establishment Republicans like Sununu pushing for Morris, and then uh, of course the the tide seeming to be with with Don Boldick at this point.
2: We are seeing a lot of national money from a, the Republican establishment, the Republican Senatorial Committee, coming in and supporting Chuck Morse in New Hampshire because they have the view that he definitely would be a competitive candidate against Maggie Hassan, which is what Sununu has said. And then there's also been. Democratic money coming in from the national attacking Chuck Morse in particular. And once again, I think it's because they believe that Don Bullock would have a harder time running against Maggie Hassan. And I think that that is going to be a tricky thing for the candidates to figure out when they go into the general election, because ultimately, as Josh Rogers noted, independent voters are a huge block in New Hampshire. And while a Don Bullock may appeal very much to the Republican base, some independent voters may not want to go that farther right route when it comes time for the general election. You know, it's been a weird two years, so you never know what crazy headlines might come out in the next two months. But it does appear that that real push towards Republican candidates has receded in the past few weeks.
0: Now, both Republicans and Democrats spending money on ads in this primary. What kinds of ads are, are, are folks seeing when they when they turn on their televisions and uh, get their feeds? What, what's the underlying strategy there, John?
1: Well, I mean, the, ad, the ads uh, Anna referred to... Uh... Going after Don Bolduck from a pack, White Mountain pack, aligned with uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. You know, one of these ads calls Chuck Morse a quote tough conservative. It features footage of Morse at the border wall on a patrol boat by a by a machine gun on a on a, on a mounted machine gun on, on the Rio Grande River. Um, the other one, more notable, is is one that goes after what the ad refers to as quote Don Bolduck's crazy ideas. It includes comments that uh, Bullock made about pre- former President Trump uh, in the wake of his uh, attempted election last time. Trump backed his opponent in the primary, Corky Messner. Uh, comments that Bullock has made that that Governor Sununu is a Chinese communist sympathizer. Bullock's walked that back. But it's definitely a tough ad. And, you know, lots of people in both parties will tell you they think you know, uh, Bolduc might be an easier general election foe for Hassan for some of the reasons Anna mentioned. I mean, this ad does seem to try to take him out. I, you know, I have to say that that these lines of attack against Don Bolduc have been available all campaign long. Um, some of the candidates, Kevin Smith, has tried to raise a similar line of attack during debates that sort of fell flat. You know, running these ads, and you know, there's there's four million dollars being put behind these ads. Uh, oh, less than a week before the primary, maybe late. Um, you know, there are also ads going after Chuck Morris, funded by the Senate uh, Majority PAC um, in Washington, um, just calling him an insider, saying he's captive to Mitch McConnell. Um you know, regardless of of, of of you know what these ads say, it does indicate that, that both sides see you know New Hampshire as remains critical to you know determining the, the balance of power. And you know, whoever gets through the primary, they're going to be going up against somebody in Maggie Hassan who has a lot of money and national backing as well. So mm-hmm. there'll be lots of ads from here to eternity.
0: <laughs> this is Morning Edition on NHPR. We're recapping this week's news with Anna Brown from Citizens Count and NHPR. Josh Rogers. If you've got questions, you can always email us and inform our reporting at voices at nhpr.org. Let's move on to the congressional district races, New Hampshire's first district, one of the country's dwindling number of swing districts. It's another sought after seat for Republicans looking to take back Congress this year. Now, the five main Republican candidates met to debate several times this week as well. Anna, can you give us a brief overview of some of the issues that, that those candidates talked about in their debate?
2: As I mentioned, inflation and abortion definitely played large again, Russell Prescott in the first district congressional debate was one of the candidates to put forward the idea of a balanced budget amendment. That's something that I've heard come up in a couple of these Republican debates. The idea of, you know, we haven't balanced the federal budget since Clinton in the 90s. Maybe that's something we should bring back. And then also the abortion issue once again, which provided an opportunity for Tim Baxter to really come out swinging against the other candidates and say that I am the only completely pro-life candidate who has come on this stage and said that I am going to vote in favor of national abortion restrictions, whereas Caroline Levitt, for example, and other candidates said, I'm not going to talk about hypothetical legislation. And so leaving it a little vague, you know, if there was a heartbeat bill, if there was a 20 week ban, if there was a 24 week ban that came before Congress, how would they actually vote? Because it's one thing to say, I think this belongs in the states. It's another thing to say, all right, I'm pro-life, but I will vote against a federal ban because of states' rights. But yeah, the first congressional district was definitely a much spicier debate.
0: So with the candidates largely in agreement, though, on, on, on most far-right issues, what was the race going to boil down to here?
2: I definitely think that we saw a big difference in temperament between candidates in the first congressional district race. So, for example, Matt Mowers definitely comes across as very even-keeled maybe even moderate this time around compared to some of the other candidates, which is interesting because he did get President Trump's endorsement in 2020. Caroline Levitt has a very strong, very fiery persona that she brings forth. She worked under Kelly McEnany and you can definitely see that influence in how she presents herself. And then Russell Prescott, of course, is trailing in the polls, but has really put himself forth as more of a pragmatic candidate, as someone who's not as partisan. But it really does look like, if you look at the polls, that it's becoming a very tight race between Mowers and Caroline Levitt. And then there has been some theory that maybe Gail Huff-Brown will be able to sort of slide in because she's escaping the negative attacks between Mowers and Levitt. I can't speak for everyone in New Hampshire, but I know my mailbox in particular has been flooded with attacks against both Mowers. And Levitt. So Carol, uh, So Gail Huff Brown maybe more moderate. Maybe she'll be able to attract some voters who are turned off by all the negativity.
0: Yeah. Josh, you've been following the three Republicans competing for the second district nomination. George Hansel, Bob Burns, uh, Lee Tang Williams. Here they are in a debate at uh, New England College this week.
1: Doing this. And I'm the only person on this stage who can say that. We've had too many nice guys running, and it's about time that we get somebody out there that's willing to take her on and be a little mean.
0: If you don't want us to become like China, i would be the best one to go to Congress. Josh, how is this race shaping up?
1: Well, you know, in some ways, this race could almost be a case study. You have Bob Burns sort of embracing Trumpism, you know, America first, uh, get a little mean. You know, Hansel, uh, mayor of Keene, more moderate candidate backed by Governor Sununu, emphasizing his record at the local level. Lily Tang Williams really you know, libertarian uh, by nature. So kind of three types of Republicans. You could kind of put it on a chart. But, you know, these races are run in real life. And polls do show Bob Burns up. Plenty of observers, you know, say George Hansel could be a better fit for the district, which is the more liberal of New Hampshire's two congressional districts. You know, he supports abortion rights for the first six months of pregnancy. You know, milder nature. But, you know, this is a primary. Activist support is critical. And, um, you know, we'll see.
0: Okay, we've talked a lot about the Republican races because those, of course, are the most competitive happening in the primary. But what about the, the Democrats running for Senate, CD one, CD two? And Josh, what, what do we hear from them this week, just briefly? Josh.
1: Well, I mean, from the from the federal at uh, the federal level, we're hearing a lot about what they've sort of delivered for New Hampshire, be it you know broadband money. Um, Senator Hassan was talking about a, a bill dealing with veterans that that passed uh, unanimously. Um, You know, they they, we will get a more sharper edge message from them, you know, come Tuesday. But, you know, this week they've been talking about sort of essentially like what what we're delivering.
0: Sure. How how about you, Anna?
2: Well, I was just going to note that the the Democratic candidates, Hassan, Pappas and Custer, have not really had to go on the attack against their Republican opponents yet because there's so much outside money doing it for them. So the ads that they're coming out from them are very positive focused on their accomplishments. What they've done, as Josh mentioned, Pappas has come out with an ad talking about how he's taking on high prescription drug prices, taking on big oil, which perhaps is looking to speak to the older demographic of New Hampshire's voters, particularly with prescription drug prices. That's been a very long standing concern, particularly for uh, older residents and, you know, can Mm -hmm. Medicare, Medicare and how are they going to be able to negotiate prices?
0: All right, we're gonna have to leave it there. NHPR's Josh Rogers and Anna Brown, Director of Research and Analysis for Citizens Count. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. You can find all the stories we talked about on this week's recap and more at nhpr.org. And don't forget, we'll have a fresh recap for you as we get to next Friday as well. This is Morning Edition from NHPR.